Welcome to Changemakers, a podcast from APH. We're talking to people from around the world who are creating positive change in the lives of people who are blind or visually impaired. Here's your host. Welcome back to Changemakers. My name is Jonathan Wall. We have an exciting topic today. Lego Braille Bricks are here. APH is an official partner with Lego and is responsible for distribution of the bricks in the U.S. If you missed our original announcements, these are bright colored bricks molded with studs that correspond with numbers and letters in the Braille alphabet. They allow students who are blind and sighted to play and learn together. They were developed by the LEGO Foundation and will be distributed to children internationally. Today we'll hear from Paige Maynard, a TVI with visually impaired preschool services in Louisville, Kentucky. She's been working with the bricks and the curriculum on how it can be used in the classroom. But first we have a special treat. We'll be hearing from Pear Haugo and Stina Storm from the LEGO Foundation. Pear is on the LEGO Foundation's facilitation and experience team. He and his colleagues focus on how to best facilitate LEGO's philosophy of learning through play. And Stina is the project manager for LEGO Braille Bricks with the LEGO Foundation. Thank you both so much for being on our podcast today. It's our pleasure. The first thing I want to talk about, Pear, is Lego bricks are a staple in homes across the globe, but they're not just about playing. Can you tell me about the Lego Foundation's philosophy of learning through play? Definitely. Would love to. So the Lego Foundation, we, we have a, a vision of that we would like to help children um, be able to, to have the opportunity to get into a future where they can become creative, engaged, lifelong learners. Um, we've dedicated ourselves to try to redefine play and to reimagine learning so that we help and support children in building a broad set of skills that they need to engage into this future that lies ahead of us. That's some, that is so hard to predict what, uh, what holds. A lot of education focuses on learning something specific. So how does learning through play push young people to think not like adults, so specific, but think outside the box? Hmm. Yes, the beautiful thing is that, that in many ways we don't need to teach children this. We might need to consider um, what not to teach them or what not to educate them out of. We, we truly see children as our role models in the Labour Foundation because learning through play is how children naturally go about things. Um, you don't need, uh, as I said before, you don't need to teach a toddler or a three-year-old or four-year-old to play. That's what they do. Um, and I think for us, talking about redefining this play, we, we see a need of that because play is, as we see, it's still widely misunderstood. It is still seen as something childish. It's something you do when you're done working then you actually go out and play. So you do all the hard stuff first and then you actually go play. But we want, to, we want to redefine that and we need to understand that when we are playful in our state of mind, when we have that what-if attitude to things, that is often when we are able to be innovative, that's when we are able to be creative and actually exercise and massage all those skills that we see we need to walk into this future that lies ahead of us. So. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, that's why that we see it like that. My now two-year-old got Lego bricks for her birthday, and it was so fun now that I'm working on this project because I was watching her put them all together and problem-solving, and I was like, that's it right there. That's learning through play. 
it was just it was very cool to kind of put that concept together moving on let's talk about being a lifelong learner how can learning through play ensure young people grow up consistently curious and ready to learn so i would say when we talk about reimagining learning it is i would say there's of course a there has been a shift and there will be a shift and there must be a bigger shift towards the way that we look at learning and teaching. If you, if you go back some, some decades or maybe even a century, the, the type of work that we were educating ourselves towards required a certain type of education. And I would also say that it was, work was tough if you were on a factory line and, and somewhat some of that teaching and learning was also like, tough road learning and you should like sit out your time and then you would be able to go out and many people i would say from my parents generations they have not such so good experiences with school maybe even some in my generation as well uh, and they would like they were just waiting to get out of there because this is not nice uh, with our i would say more child-centered approach um, towards learning and teaching, we, we definitely see and believe in that we will create people who want to learn more. We don't want to create people who say that was it at school. We need, we need to have people who continue to be curious, who continues to be innovative and creative thinkers in whatever they do and, and see life as a journey. And, 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 that. and that starts, of course, with how we are met in the system, how we're met in the school by the teachers. If we are someone who are just sitting there studying to take a test, but it does not make meaning to, it's not meaningful for, to us. It's not, you're not being actively engaged in what you're doing. You're just being doing, doing what you've been told. Then I actually truly understand why a lot of people, they do not want necessarily to learn more because that's not so nice. So, so we need to, to have a more uh, student-centered and more child-centered approach towards our learning and towards our pedagogies. And with that, we definitely believe that we will create these people who can constantly are curious, who can help us solve all the challenges that we are facing uh, going ahead. As adults, I think we often separate play and learning. So how do we redefine play and understand its importance in learning? I think maybe, I think I got this question many, many times. And I think we, when we think about play, we see that childhood picture of ourselves running out there playing. Um, when we talk about it, we, we often make the distinction between to be playful and the activity play. And you could say that if a play is well designed, it will allow you to become playful. So you could, we could watch a recess time, kids playing in a, in, a, in a playground, and we would see them come up with a play. They're playing something. At some point, the play breaks down. It's not fun anymore. Then they renegotiate or they try to see if we could change it, uh, maybe, and then they go back into that game again or into the play again, and they become playful one more time. Maybe, maybe it just breaks up and say, hey, it's not fun anymore. I don't want to play more with you. And then they'll maybe try again tomorrow. Maybe they'll never do it again. But there is a distinction between the activity play and the state of mind to be playful. Children do this naturally. They're so good at it. The challenge comes when we adults interfere uh, many times, and especially when we do it in a school setting, because it's actually quite hard to be playful in your state of mind in something where you're basically just copying someone else's work and trying to remember it towards a test on Friday. That's not very playful. That is something else. It requires a lot of, of other things, uh, of, of your ability to do that. 
so, so that, is, that is very much, I would say, what we're looking for. And we're looking for pedagogies and approaches towards the teaching that allows for student agency. So, so if you are doing like, like a project, project-based learning, or if you're doing other pedagogies in that field, you have a say in what you're doing. You make decisions. You are the player which is necessary if you should become playful. If you're just someone who's tagging along, being quite passive, um, you're not really harvesting all the fantastic things that we see happening when you reach that state, that state of mind. So if we can do what we're supposed to be doing in school, we should be expert on content, literature, and all those things, but doing it in ways where you call more shots as a student, where you are more involved in what is happening, you are actually being asked about what you like and prefer, then we could actually get like the best of both worlds in this. Thank you so much. You know, Lego is so successful and popular worldwide. So it, for me, and I, I know for our audience, it's really exciting to learn about the philosophy behind it um, that we might not all, all know about. So thank you for your time. Stina, moving over to you specifically about Lego Braille Bricks, they add another layer of learning. Why is this important for the Lego Foundation? Okay. Um... So my colleague P told you a lot about the philosophy um, behind learning through play. For me, Lego Braille Bricks is such a tangible example of learning through play. Um, in this instance, and we have many other examples, but in this instance, it's um, catering to the needs of children uh, who are blind. Um, in the foundation, we also work within the area of other special needs such as autism and ADHD. And we're working on ways to create similar kind of concepts to, to ensure that these children also have access to learning through play and are able to develop the skills that Pia uh, mentioned. So for us, yes, this is very important and very essential in our work to give equal access to learning through play. And what kind of impact does the Lego Foundation hope the Lego Braille Bricks will create for students? Um, well, of course, we hope, as Pierre was explaining, that children become more motivated and engaged in their learning process, that they truly do become lifelong learners, that their learning, how can I say, span doesn't stop um, too early, especially for kids with, with uh, special needs. So. Um, if we can help children who are visually impaired to learn Braille in a more fun and engaging way, I think we've come a long way into trying to change their life trajectory to something uh, that's positive and, you know, inspiring for them. Um, again, giving them equal opportunities in life. Well, thanks to both of you. I really appreciate your time. And we are so excited to see students and educators start to get the Lego Braille Bricks across the U.S. and, and just to, to update people on, on the progress of, of, of how they're impacting students. So thank you for partnering with us in this project and, and for all the work you all are doing at Lego. Thank you. Our pleasure. Next, we're talking with Paige Maynard. She's a TVI and developmental interventionist at VIPS, or Visually Impaired Preschool Services. She works with parents and children in their homes, ages birth to three. Paige, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's really good to be here. 
Paige, for people who don't know you, can you just tell me a bit about your background as an educator? I am a teacher of the visually impaired and developmental interventionist at Visually Impaired Preschool Services. We are based out of Louisville, Kentucky, and we serve children and their families ages birth to five throughout the states of Kentucky and Indiana. And my role at VIPS is to work with families and infants and toddlers in their homes, um, working within the context of routines and and play, um, just helping those families to be empowered to help their kids reach their highest potential. So I really love my work. Um, It's it's exciting to go to work every day. Uh, Right now I am working Um, in my little workspace in my house, which has also been fun and and exciting learning all of those new things, Um, but it's still good to meet with families and see the little babies across the screen um, and just to be allowed, I think, into families' lives, I think, is, is one of those wonderful things, and they bring so much joy, I think, to me in my day, and I, I hope that I, I have that same impact on them, um, I've been at VIPS um, coming on nine years, and I just wouldn't be anywhere else. That's great. It's fun to hear about your passion for what you do, and I know VIPS really does a lot of incredible things. It's been fun to watch your work. Uh, More specifically, you've been working with APH and, and LEGO the LEGO Foundation on LEGO Braille Bricks. What has your role been in, in this project? So my role in this project um, has been really fun and really interesting. When the project started out, it of course was before the pandemic started. And um, let's see, um, Kate at APH had reached out to VIPS and asked about me joining on the Lego Braille Bricks team um, for a presentation at AER. And I was so excited about that. And, and we, were, we were trying to kind of collaborate and, and get the team together on how we were gonna uh, present all the facets of the Lego Braille Bricks and you know uh, the idea behind them, how, um, how learning through play works and everything. Um, And then we were so sad when that was canceled. So that was sad. Um, But the the way that the project is working uh, has has definitely changed a little bit. And uh, I think one of the good things about it is I I hope that it will actually reach more people now, um, which will hopefully be good. Um, But the the role that, that I am having right now is to be the, the facilitator of two of the, the webinars that APH is hosting on instructional strategies for the Lego Braille Bricks. So I think that I get one of the really fun parts of the job um, and I'm excited to get to use the bricks with folks as they are joining in on the webinars and uh, we hope to play in real time together. and. I think that it's just one of those exciting things that I get to say, oh, uh, what did I get to do at work today? Well, I got to play with Lego Braille Bricks at work today. So I'm excited about that part and excited about sharing that information with um, all of the, the professionals and you know anyone else who joins in on the webinars. 
it's fun to see all the eyes light up, even adults with this project, because everyone likes Legos. I literally know no one who doesn't like Legos unless you're stepping on them in the middle of the night. So like everyone's excited. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When I, when I very first got um, the kits that Kate dropped at Kate dropped off uh, at the VIPs office, I, I took them home and I started playing with them and then I was playing with them at my desk and then people um, who work at VIPs, my coworkers would walk past and they're like, what are you doing? What are you playing with? What do you, you know? And they're, everyone's interested. And I think that has been really cool. And then, um, you know, of course I've had them at my house for some time. And, um, even before the, the pandemic, um, while I was, you know, still getting to know them, my, uh, my, my friend's kids would come over and I have pictures of the things that they've built. And my nephew comes over and, uh, he always, he's two. Um, and he asks, um, he that he wants to play with the with the blue Legos because they're in a blue box. Um, so of course, with Love adults, and he loves to play with the Braille bricks. <laughs> so as part of this, Lego has ninety activities that are meant to be teacher led, and I, I know you've been through those activities. What are your initial thoughts on on how those will be helpful um, to make this more than just playing, which is which is part of the idea? Uh, but, but what are your thoughts on those those lessons? I think that the Lego Braille Bricks website is is just a, it's so cool because it's it's very easily accessible I think to to teachers and professionals as we are working on designing activities. I think one of the really cool things that all the activities show um, is that it's just it's more than just using the bricks as a way to practice your spelling words or a way to learn letters, you know, like they, they show activities that teach so many other things, but also through play as well, which is really cool. You know, there's, I think one of my favorite activities, which it's so simple, but I think that's really the beauty of it because, you know, typically uh, play activities are something that's simple, but it's just so much fun that you're having with somebody else or it's meaningful to you or things like that, um, is one, it's called Save the Turtles. And it's just the, a, a set of, you know, a small amount of the bricks and um, you put them in a bowl and the, the child or the student or even the adults, because uh, I did the activity myself, um, you work on like rescuing the turtles and putting them right side up um, on the um, on the mat. And I think that's a really cool thing. So there are so many other activities like that that provide that meaningful, meaningful interaction with um, orientation and literacy and, you know, those tactile skills that Braille readers need. And I think the, the activities listed on the website are really, really good for that. Another thing I think that the activities do a really good job of are helping to build that understanding of symbolic thought. Um, when, I, when I worked in the classroom um, for a couple years at VIPS, um, I, would, I would often notice that the children that I would serve who would have the least amount of vision who, you know, are typically going to be the Braille readers um, because they don't get to observe um, the world through, um, uh, you know, through their vision. They, 
they may often struggle with symbolic thought, you know, pretending that something is something other than what it is and, and using yep. their imagination, manipulatives and things. Um, and I think that one of the fun uses of these, of these bricks is allowing for that to happen. And I think some of the activities that are um, listed, um, like right now I'm, I'm looking here at frozen penguins and you, you take two of the bricks and you just put them side by side, just pretending that they're those, those two little penguins that are, you know, together to keep warm. Um, and having those, those sorts of activities, I think are really helpful for building that understanding, but then we're also working on so many other things too. Lego Braille bricks won't be the only tool students use to learn Braille, but I know in my education, a lot of times for me, I like to learn things in multiple ways. So I would learn about the cell and the textbook, and then I'd get to play with the model of it. And then I might look at it under a microscope. Is, is that really what these bricks are going to provide? It's just kind of another way um, to see Braille and understand Braille, just to help kind of diversify things for students? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just, it's another tool in the toolbox. And it's a tool that I think is really accessible to, to everyone. And, you know, many, many students, you know, whether they're Braille readers or not, whether they're visually impaired or sighted, can easily engage with them. And so it makes them accessible. And then, you know, it's just this, this other thing that you can use that provides fun, is something that students may already know about, you know, if they just have a Lego set at home. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. I know because of the pandemic, you haven't been able to use these with your students and your clients, but how useful do you expect they'll be in a classroom setting? Um, well, I am so excited to see how teachers will use them in their classrooms. I think it'll be really fun to, um, get to see all of the variations on the ideas and how children and students who are visually impaired and braille readers uh, engage with them and then engage with them alongside um, sighted peers as well. So I think they'll be really, really helpful for um, bringing different kinds of learners together because you know who doesn't love Legos and you can, you know, as you're, you're playing with someone else. And I think that it's really easy to do with this sort of tool. So I think it will be really helpful um, in the classroom. And I, I'm just excited to see all the things that, that people will do with them once they have them in their hands. Me too. I know the, the idea behind Lego Braille Bricks and really everything that Lego does is that there is power in learning through play. Why do you think that's important? I think that's important because, you know, it's just, it's, it's a truth that no matter what our age is, no matter what our background is, everyone learns best through play. I, you know, I can, I can think of some of the things, you know, that I've learned through quarantine um, and being, you know, in my house uh, all the time. And there are all the things that I've learned have been, you know, new skills related to something I was curious about and something that had meaning to me. And, you know, for me as, as an adult, um, you know, learning how to make a new kind of bread or, you know, something like that really is my play. And I think the, the Braille Bricks also um, are just uh, an indicator of that, that 
if we if we're learning through play, it's meaningful to us. It um, it's engaging to us. We can you know we can engage socially with others. Um, you know, we have that comfort level to where we're able to learn new things and it's motivating. And then also after that, it's memorable. And so I think that's one of the most important reasons why the, the Braille Bricks and the Lego Foundation are um, such big proponents of learning through play. So I think that's one of the things I'm really thankful for being part of this project. Thanks so much, Paige, for your time, and it will be exciting to, to hear more as we are able to get these into the hands of students. Yeah, thanks so much. If you'd like to learn more about LEGO Braille Bricks, I will include several links in today's show notes, or you can just head straight over to legobraillebricks.com. That's it for today's episode of Changemakers. Be sure to look for ways you can be a changemaker this week.